What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the exposit story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. The two men stood in front of their commander, their chests out, standing erect. They said, yes, sir, we are here reporting for duty, sir. Joshua marched back and forth in front of him. He said, all right, come to my tent. And he shut the tent flap and they sat down and Joshua said, listen, I've got a mission for you too. Two of my best commanders. You're two of my best soldiers, and I have got a mission for you. But you gotta keep it a secret. You can't tell anyone. Are you ready for it? The men said, Yes, sir, yes, sir. And he said, Listen, we are at a city called Shetam, and we are about to conquer the Canaan land and destroy it. And we've got to wipe all those people out and we've got to push them out. That's what God says. But before we do that, I've got to get a sense of what Canaan land is like. I really do. And I need you two to go in and spy out the land and give me a sense of the land. And especially, Joshua said, I need you to tell me what the city of Jericho is like. The men stood up and said, yes, sir, we will go do it. And they grabbed their stuff and they went out into the dark. And I wonder if Joshua thought in his head, hey, be strong. Be courageous. Don't be like the ten spies who came back with us and chickened out and Put the fear in people and so he didn't go in. No, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. And tell us the truth. Now, the city of Shetam is about seven miles east of the river Jordan. Now, if you took out a map and you looked at a map of Israel... You would have at the top north, at the bottom south. Then if you took your right hand, that would be the east. And if you took your left hand, that would be the west. And running right down the middle of Israel is this Jordan River. Now, it starts at the north, and then it goes into the Sea of Galilee. And then it comes back and starts through most of Israel, this, this thin line, the Jordan River. And then all the way at the bottom, it goes into the Dead Sea. Now, running along that whole line of the Jordan River is called the Central Valley. And on the eastern side, it's mountainous, and it comes down into the valley where that river is. And then on the western side, it goes up and goes into the mountains until finally on the far west, you see the Mediterranean Sea. Well, the town of Shetam is east, about seven miles, of the River Jordan. And Jericho is west... Not too far from the River Jordan and at the 
base of the mountains just as it's about to come out of the valley. And that whole central valley is lush and great farming areas and lots of greenery. And so these two spies went in. And I think they, they kept quiet during the day. And then they snuck around at night. Now this was about the springtime, so the river Jordan would be flowing fast and these spies have got to get over. Now many people think they would have gone north because it'd be easier to ford the river, to get across it at the north because this thing is deep and it's flowing and I can imagine they get there at night. They got a sword on and they've got some other heavy objects and they step into the river and it's, it's a little cold and they start walking in and the water gets up to their knees and it gets up to their waist and then whew, the river takes their feet out from under them and they've got to swim and they're swimming across that river but it is fast flowing but they've got to stay together if they don't get across quickly they could get swept all the way down river and they are swimming and swimming and then finally whew, they finally touch ground and they get across to the other side and they stop behind a rock and they they stop and they breathe and they dry out a little bit and they check out the land and they check out the Hittites and the Perizzites and they check out all the other ites that happen to be in the land. They check out their, their land and their cities and in and, and some of their, their houses and, and some of their crops and their fields. But then they come down south and they finally come to the massive, impressive, intimidating city of Jericho. Now, the city of Jericho was on a tell, okay? Now, a tell, T-E-L-L, -L, is like a big mound. If you wanted to fortify your city, you would put it up on a mound because it'd be harder for invading armies to get up to you since they're above you. You would also have good views of the area, and you could see these other armies coming up on you. So you wanted to put your city up on a mound while at the bottom of this mound was this wall. And it went all the way around the city. It was sort of like at the base of the tell, like a retaining wall. And it was about 13 to 15 feet high. And then there was a mud ramp between that wall at the base and a mud ramp to the second wall, which was the actual wall around the city of Jericho. And in that wall, there were some apartments. People had windows where they could see out and they would have a gate. You would walk up a ramp to get to this one gate in the bottom wall. Then you would walk a little bit. Then you'd go up another ramp to get up to the second gate in the second wall. And then finally you're into Jericho. Now I wonder if the men sat there for a while, maybe a day, checking out the guard rotation. When did they leave? When did they come? Maybe they checked out who and what went into the gates. But finally, it doesn't say, but somehow they got into the city of Jericho. Maybe they mingled with some farmers who were coming in and they were just acting like, hey, I'm just coming to check out Jericho. No problem. This is just me. Want to see what your jobs are like. Want to see what sort of things you've got. Hey, I might move here. You know, and they just walk in and they look around and they're like, wow, this is an impressive city. It had many houses, and it was the economic center of that area. 
Now the spies thought to themselves, if we want to find out what the people are thinking, where would we go? They thought to themselves, you know where we'd go? Let's go to an inn. Let's go to the inn. Because that's where people stop and they stay and they sleep and they come downstairs and they eat at the restaurant or the bar and they talk. Well, they go to the inn and they start sitting around and they start asking around. Well, the head of this inn was a woman named Rahab. But the thing was, this inn wasn't something that you would be proud of. It wasn't like a Motel 6 or something like that. No, this was a place where if you were looking to get into bad things, you would go to this inn. And Rahab, she was a woman who was willing to get involved in bad things to make some money. The Bible calls her a prostitute, and that's what Rahab was. And as a prostitute, a woman who basically sold her body for sex, okay, and that's essentially what a prostitute is. As a woman who did that, Rahab was not somebody who was glorified in Canaanite society. She would not have been somebody that was elevated. No, she would have been pushed down and, you do not do that. That's disgusting. And God himself says... Any type of sex outside of marriage between a man and a woman is sin. That's bad. Rahab was involved in that and inviting people to her in to get involved in that and maybe to get drunk and food and all the stuff. And this inn was not a good place to be. But the spies went there because... They probably knew if we want the best assessment of the city of Jericho, this bad place is one of the best places to get information. And I wonder what it was like when these two spies came in. If they looked totally different? If they looked a little odd? I wonder if they looked like your average Canaanite? I don't know, but I think Rahab would have noticed them. Maybe they started asking questions, asking around, and... Rahab sat down and talked to him and, hey, how you doing? What's happening? And then she finds out these men are asking odd questions. Then maybe she invites him over and she takes him into her back office where they sit down and talk. And maybe Rahab says, who are you? And the men reveal that they are Israelites. <sighs> And Rahab, maybe her face breaks open with a big smile and she's like, yes, I've been waiting to meet you. I've been excited to meet you. And then she pours out her heart how Rahab, she is tired of the life she's involved in. She's tired of the sin that she's in, and she's tired of following these Canaanite gods, because the Canaanites followed the gods of Baal and Ashtaroth, and they had a whole pantheon of gods that she followed, but she wanted to hear more about this god named Yahweh. Because Rahab shares how the people, they were deathly afraid of the Israelites. And she says how the people's hearts melted away and their very soul melted in 
fear because of the thought of the Israelites coming. They heard about how the Red Sea was just dried up before them as they came in. And, and, and that was an amazing miracle. And the Canaanites had heard that. And Rahab had heard that herself, how Yahweh had done this. And then they heard how the Israelites had defeated the two kings of the Amorites, how they defeated Sihon and Og. Now, who are these Sihon and Og? Well, Og is a giant, and he was king of Bashan, which, if you go back to our map, is east and north of the Jordan River. And this whole area of Bashan, Mount Hermon's there, and it had these giant clans, and Og, O-G, was a king of the giants, king of Bashan. Later on, after they defeated them, they kept Og's bed, which measured, basically, he was 13 feet tall. He was a mighty warrior, and when Rahab heard that Yahweh led the Israelites, and they defeated Og, this mighty giant king, and later on they defeated Sihon, another mighty king in battle, they'd won battle after battle. And this Yahweh had dried up the Red Sea. And God said to Joshua, I am going to put the fear of Yahweh and the people ahead of you. Before you even show up, people are going to be afraid. And I wonder if the two spies began to high-five each other. Yes, this is exactly what God said was going to happen. This is exactly what Joshua told us. And I wonder if Rahab stopped him. And Rahab maybe leaned in and said, but I want to follow Yahweh. I'm not just afraid of Yahweh. I want to put my faith and trust in Yahweh. Now, there in Joshua chapter 2, it doesn't say that, but it does say that she wants to put herself in allegiance with Yahweh. Because it says there in Joshua chapter 2, verse 11, that Rahab says that Yahweh is the Lord, Yahweh your God. And then it says this, Rahab says, He is God in the heavens above and on the earth below. In other words, Rahab is saying, Yahweh is God above the heavens, and that's where Baal was supposed to be. He was the cloud runner. He was the king of the clouds and of lightning. And no, Rahab is saying, it's Yahweh. And on the earth below, Ashtaroth and all these other pantheon of gods. And Rahab says, no, there's one true God. It's Yahweh. I want to put my faith in him. I want to put my allegiance to him. Later on in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, there's this hall of faith, and it lists people who have lived by faith, and Abraham, and David, and, and Samson, and all these people. And in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31, one of the people they mention as living by faith is Rahab. Centuries later, the writer of Hebrews 
points out Rahab as a woman who is living by faith. Why? Because she put her faith and trust in Yahweh. And that's what faith is. You have lots of things you can put your faith, your trust in. You know, I remember this acronym, forsaking all I trust him. I could put my faith in my money, my faith in another God by another religion. There's lots of religions I could choose from. I could put my faith in my talent or, or just faith that, hey, if you live a good life and is there a God, maybe just putting faith in science and this is it and just live the good life, just live for pleasure, whatever you want to put your faith in or you want to align yourself with. But God says, if you want to live by faith, it's simple. You got to put your trust in my son, Jesus. In today's modern world, if you want to live by faith, you got to put your trust in his son, Jesus. And then you live for him and you get stuck into the Bible and the word of God and you start to fall in love with Jesus and you read his commands and the Bible says, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And the only way to know his commandments is to understand the Bible and you read it and you study it and you say, I'm going to live by that no matter what the world says. That's living by faith. Romans 10, 9 and 10, right? With the mouth you confess the Lord Jesus, and in your heart, if you believe that Jesus is, was raised from the dead, you're saved. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you're just like Rahab. Centuries later, you're Rahab today. Wow, the men are like, yes, you can do that, Rahab. Yes, this is awesome. You can follow the one true God when all of a sudden, bang, 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 bang. Rahab looks around. There's a knock on the door. Bang, 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 bang. Maybe the inn was closed for the night, or, or maybe there wasn't a knock. That Maybe there was a commotion in the inn outside. Oh, no, she looks through a flap. It's the king of Jericho, and he's got an army, and he's got some soldiers, and he is asking, where's Rahab? I need to talk to Rahab. And she's thinking, oh, no, they come to discover the spies and the spies are like what are we gonna do so maybe Rahab brings him up through a secret passageway all the way to the top of the roof I don't know how they get up there but it says in Joshua that she hid the spies under wheat or under flax big stalks of flax see back then they would harvest and they would take these big stalks and they would put them on their roof so the sun would dry them out and Rahab hid them underneath that I don't know if they were stalks sort of tied together and she put one over one and then one over another or if it was just piles of wheat and she put them under there and I can imagine the king of Jericho bursts up to the top of the roof and says hey I want to talk to you Rahab Rahab's like, all right, I'm listening. And the king of Jericho says, listen, I have heard there are two spies from Israel and that they came here, that they came and lodged here with you. I want you to bring them out. 
Because those spies have come to search out the land and, and we're scared of them. And if we kill them, that's going to say something. I can imagine the spies are hiding under the flax. They're hiding under the wheat. They're scared. What if all this is a lie? What if Rahab just tricked him and, and, and she's just going to give him away? And then they hear this. Rahab says, true. Oh, no, the men think. Rahab says, true, the, the, the men came to me. But I did not know where they came from. It says there in Joshua, Rahab says, I didn't know where they came from. And, and when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men left and they ran out the front gate. In fact, you know what? They didn't leave that long ago. And you better pursue them quickly because I think you can overtake them. They left the front gate. Yes, they came here, but I didn't know who they were. They went out the front gate. Pursue them, king. Pursue them. And so the king sets off with his men. And they searched with him, and they searched, and they searched. The two spies pop their head out of the flax. And Rahab, I can imagine, gives him a big smile and makes him stand up. And they're like, thank you, thank you so much. And Rahab says, listen, I want to follow Yahweh. He is my God now. But you've got to promise me. You've got to make me an oath. That when you come and you take Jericho, that you won't kill me and that you'll protect my family. You won't kill my father or my mother or my brothers or my sisters. Please, you've got to make me that oath. The men said, all right. Listen, when we come to take Jericho, if you keep your father, your mother, your brother, your sister in this apartment, then they'll be safe. And listen, tie a red scarlet rope and hang it out the window. So when we come to take it, we won't destroy this apartment. We won't kill the people in it. I'll tell Joshua. We'll tell the whole army. When you see scarlet hanging out of the window, leave that apartment alone. Now, if your father, your brother, your sister, your mother, your if they go out, if they leave the apartment, then we can't protect them. But if you want to protect them and we'll make an oath with you. You want to follow our God? Keep him in this house. And they'll be safe. So they shake on it. And Rahab says, quickly, you got to get out of here. And so she lowers them, it says, through a window. Because remember, her apartment was right there in the wall of Jericho. And she lowers them down by a rope. And they come out of that first wall and they come to the base of that second wall. And then maybe they roll down the ramp to that lower first wall and they find a way to crawl over and they go off into the night. For the next three days, they keep hidden and they hide. And then they maybe move around at night and they're still checking out the land. But the king of Jericho and his men, they're hunting and they're hunting and they're searching and they're searching. And then finally the men go up north a little and they cross over the river. It's dangerous. It's springtime. They go at night and they cross over the river. Joshua. He's been waiting. 
Three days hiding from the men chasing him. Three days checking out the land. I mean, he's been probably waiting at least a week. And maybe he's pacing back and forth. And he's wondering, will these spies make it? Will the king of Jericho find them? Because, man, they could probably easily stick out like a sore thumb. And if they could find out how quickly they were at the city of Jericho and in Rahab's house, how are they going to get back to Joshua? And they could easily be found out. Will the spies make it back? Well, if you come back next week, we will find if the spies make it back. And if you want to read ahead, go to Joshua chapter 2 and you can find out the end of the story. But I just want to encourage you. You can be like Rahab. And you can follow God. And you can choose to say, I don't care what my lifestyle is like. Because Rahab was involved in some bad stuff. Rahab was not a person that society thought, hey, this is a great person. No, she would have been marginalized, pushed to the side. And it's interesting to me how God loves to use the weak and the broken to accomplish great things. Because why? It's not because of Rahab's brilliance. It's because of Yahweh. And all the glory points to him. When he uses a weak, broken individual like Rahab to accomplish great things, we can give all the glory to Yahweh, all the glory to Jesus. And I just want to encourage you, if you feel like not worth much, hey, if God can use Rahab, he can use anybody. He can use you. All it takes is saying, I want to put my faith and trust in Jesus. And I'm going to follow him. All it takes is that allegiance, that heart, to say, I will follow you, God. I'll put my faith and trust in Jesus. And then the rest will follow. And I just want to say, man, if you take that first step of faith, the adventure... God will take you on and the future home you'll spend in eternity with God forever man I pray take that step of faith today thank you for listening to bald head bible podcast if you have any questions or comments we would love to hear from you you can comment on our facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week.